Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Write Brain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Oh, yeah, people, it's Write Brain, that time of the week where you guys listen to myself, J.F. Dubo, author of Life Engineered, and Paul Inman, author of Ageless, yap about theoretically an hour long but mostly usually an hour and a half about writing the writing process ink shares crowdfunded publishing publishing in general and our lives i'm jeff dubo i'm the author of the life engineered the book that a book that just launched like days ago this is why i sound so hyper so maybe inebriated <laughs> and with me it as, might be the wine oh, sh- it might be the wine sh- shut up paul i haven't introduced yet you yet and with me is, <laughs> oh, sh- is the voice that you just heard out of turn is uh, my, my good friend and, uh, and compadre, Paul Inman, the author of, In- of Ageless. Paul, <laughs> how, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. I am, gla- I am glad that you have had some wine because it is a lot funnier for me. And for those of you uh, listening out there, you missed the first like 10 minutes. It was even better when we were doing our pre-show. It was even better. I'm just kidding. I'm doing well. Um, I am ex- so excited for you, JF, because the life engineered is now out there in the public. It is now getting reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. Uh, more, I should say, because it did have some already. But it's getting more reviews. And listen, on your launch day, you had more than 60 reviews. Is that correct? On launch day, at the end of launch day, I had 61 reviews. And wow. right now I'm sitting at 65. And it, it's it's great. It's a, it's a good number to have because as I've learned, you need you you want to be above the fifty mark, closest to the seventy mark, and obviously, hopefully, above that. And it is difficult to get that many reviews. Like even if you have a lot of friends, a lot of people that are supporting you, most people will not have read your book yet. So having that on launch day is important to. Not necessarily for rankings, but mostly for some of the SEO stuff that goes behind uh, behind the scene at Amazon. So you want to have that that amount of reviews. And the problem is you can't just say, hey, review my book, whatever you think. You mostly want people to review a book if they liked it. So I'm very happy that I did that call to action and that people reacted appropriately and that I have that kind of reviews. I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have in the long term. I'm hoping for the best, but so far, so good. Well, like you said, the, um, you want to get you know positive reviews to generate that that kind of buzz about your book, especially on the launch day, because um, as you were saying, it helps get your book more visible on on uh, Amazon, for example. Uh, and you know, the crazy thing is, is, most every review that I have read about your book has been stellar. It has been fantastic. It has been uh, every I, I, even the even when people point out things, they're just minor little things, which has got to feel amazing for your first book. I mean, it's got to. Uh, by the way, everyone listening at home, this is a special episode today. We're gonna we're 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 flushing the format. We are doing away with our normal stuff. We are welcoming JF back after a couple of weeks hiatus with his vacation and with his um, book launch. We gave uh, we decided between each other to, you know, have some extra time to get all that stuff worked out. And there are many, many, many awesome things we're going to talk about. But mostly we're going to this is the JF show today. We're going to 
Oh God! Praise Can we, you. No, no, we're we're no, shut up, Paul. No, we're we're we're, <laughs> going, we're going to talk about a, a bunch of things, and I'm going to pretty much use maybe Paul as a sounding board to get his opinion about how things have developed. But I, I don't want it to be the JF show because so many things have been a JF show recently, and I'm JF show. So JF show. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> I'm not super comfortable with that, and we're, we're going to talk about that. Like I, there, there's a few events. That's why you had the wine, though. That's I, why you had the wine. No, I I had the wine because it was dinner, and I'm I'm French Canadian, so certain right. certain things just need to be done. There's protocol. There's a certain <laughs> level of decorum to be kept amongst uh, a, a cultural decorum to be kept amongst French Canadians. So no, <laughs> I, I did awesome. I did have some, some wine, and just just so I don't sound like them too weak, um, I had three glasses of wine, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm aging, but I can drink my own weight in scotch and whiskey and not feel the effects but for some reason red wine these days really hits me hard and you know what that actually amazing it's good i love it <laughs> that actually brings me to uh I, i'd like to cross pollinate here with uh, a whoa, new whoa, podcast whoa, whoa. do we know each yeah. other that well uh, well, hey, not me and you, but uh, the, there's a new podcast on the block, a new Ink Shares related podcast. Oh snap! Do we have competition? Am I? Are we? Yeah. Are we? Are we going to go down to the street and have a dance off? Because I, I right. will rip off my shirt and dance around to prove <laughs> prove that we own this territory. We were here first. That's right, you guys. We were here first. So why don't you just take a step back and realize? Who the real podcasters are exactly. in the arena here. Yo, I mean, dude, I'm, I, I will wear a bandana <laughs> and shake my tush to prove my go. point. I will um, dance I'm, fight I'm not you. sure that I want to see that. But no So anyway, no there's a new, podcla- a new Paul, podcast. Paul, that's why it's a block. threat. No one yeah, wants I, I to see it. that. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so there's a new podcast on the block. It's called Drink Shares Last Call. And I think JF showed up tonight to challenge drink shares last call by he was he was like you know what you're gonna drink on your show i'm gonna drink on our show we're gonna all just drink on every show it doesn't matter jf you've been on many shows recently because of the release of life engineered were you drinking on all those shows yes actually you know what right after i said that i was thinking about your appearance on sword and laser and i was like yes he was definitely drinking i watched you drink on that <laughs> i wasn't drunk but i was drinking because i made a point one of the segments of sword and lasers for those who aren't familiar is the what are you drinking segment but because the hosts tom uh, tom merritt and veronica belmont were not necessarily in the best of health in the last few uh, last few weeks they weren't drinking the alcohol so i show up with my fancy scotch and i'm like ready to talk about it talk about the flavor talk about the vintage and the age of the scotch and why i chose that one they're all like no water tea <laughs> bah whatever and you instantly said unfollow for their or yeah. unsubscribe for mm, their podcast I, <laughs> you know what this is nice but <laughs> Screw that. No, I'm, no I, seriously, I was a bit disappointed because I was looking forward to the what are you drinking segment because I like to drink and I like to hear about what other people are drinking. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've heard, I've listened to the Sword and Laser podcast and I enjoy that segment too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, I honestly, I saw you drinking it and I was like, oh yes, I think he's going to talk about this. And then when they said they had tea and water, I was like, no. Why? Biggest you know? disappointment of the night. However, that being said, because Tom and Veronica are super pro, everything else about that interview was just absolutely top notch. It was the best. It was it, it was amazing. It well, it was 
flattering without being too over the top. The questions that people submitted on Goodreads, if you if you submitted a question, most of the questions that well, all the questions that were asked on the show were awesome. Some of them were a bit challenging. Some of it were just fun to play with because they had to deal with the background of the book. All of it was amazing. It was it was a a lot of fun. I wish it was um, I, I wish it was a longer interview because it was so cool to do. But it was it's all it's a half hour interview and it's inserted into the show. And still I, I don't know how it is to listen to, but to participate the best. Well, um I enjoyed watching it and uh I actually was watching it with my wife and we saw something that I don't know if those of you at home saw, and you can catch this on YouTube. I'm sure JF will probably link it. Um I, I wouldn't see why not, but uh Veronica she she lit up at one part. It was very interesting. If you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, uh, there was a question. Well, a bit of background. About, a bit of background yeah. first. You, you, okay. For, for those of you who don't follow Veronica Belmont, she does a lot of podcasts. But one particular one that she does that's relevant to this particular discussion is a podcast called Vaginal Fantasy, where she does with... Oh, I hate this because I'm going to screw up. I'm going to forget one of the hosts. But she does it. It's a podcast that she co-hosts with Felicia Day, Bonnie Burton, Bonnie Burton, and uh, a, a, <laughs> I was going to say some, the same thing about Felicia Day. I don't know. I, I Bonnie Burton makes me laugh so much. She's great people. Uh, I was lucky enough to be on a sci-fi geeks club episode with her and it was the best oh, fantastic and i can't i love that always show. forget the name of the fourth host on vaginal fantasy and i feel super bad because i know she's someone that's super awesome but anyways and it's a it's a basically a book club but about more risque books shall we say <laughs> yeah yeah we shall say that <laughs> yes well the, the name sort of explains it so Back when, back last summer, I was on Sword and Laser on their panel for Nutacular, and the question was asked about um, the potential of. Well, I actually I brought up the idea of having my one of my books on Final Fantasy, and the question was, well, is there any robot hanky panky? And the answer is no. The, the Life Engineered has no robot intercourse. Spoiler, spoiler for those of you that yeah. are a little behind. I'm sorry. <laughs> However, someone did ask the question. Uh, some, who? What's her name? Um, something Weston. Yeah, Kara. Kara Weston from Drink Shares, the enemy. Yeah. yeah, the the other the other podcast that yeah. we just want to step on and kick. Yes, exactly. The, the, the competition. Anyway, she, she asks this very uh, very cool, very uh, in-depth question about the relationship between the characters and the basically the robots in the, the world of life engineered and asks the question like, is there the potential for romantic or, you know, platonic love or even more something more advanced between the characters? And it's some, being that I'm working on the sequel for life engineered right now, one of the things that I have been sort of toying with is whether or not this kind of relationship or a relationship between the characters could go in that direction. And the answer ended up being yes. And when answering the question to that, I, my opinion, I think my opinion is that Veronica's eyes kind of lit up, got that little glint of something special. In Dude, them. there is no opinion. That's what I'm saying. Go back and watch the video. Those of you at home who have not yet, and you can see, I I don't want to use the term bulge, but I mean, that may have happened. That may have happened. Veronica, I, I don't know. 
why that that excites you so much but i i'm all i mean i'm all for it if if you're getting that happy about it then jf listen i'm going to go ahead and tell you now everyone listening at home spoiler spoiler alert there needs to be that because when her eyes lit up like that that is the that's what you want that's what you want you want a boom and it's like whoa what what just happened so listen chapter i don't know what chapter you're on but make it this chapter Whatever, because you're no, doing the that, sequel now. No, not, that, not this chapter. No, um, not this chapter? No, no, no. But here, here's the thing. <laughs> the, the, the point is, like, I'm, I'm not going to insert something just to insert something into the story. And that my recommendation to any author You know, there, I'm sure there was no innuendo in that at all. No, no. None, it, I chose none. the word insert completely arbitrarily. Yes, you did. The, <laughs> but th- that being said, the... Like my my tip to any uh, to, to any author or aspiring author, do not inject something into your story just because you think that someone else will like it. If it fits with the story, put it in the story. If it doesn't, keep it out. However, my story could possibly maybe lend itself to something like that. Like not like I'm not, I'm not going to change the rating on the story, but it's, it's my, it might be a bit more racy than say the first version for reasons that uh, you'll discover when you read the sequel. However, well, that's if what I, I, that's what I go ahead, sir. If, if I find that it doesn't work, if I do write it in and then I notice that it, it messes with the flow and the pacing of the story and it, it, it handicaps the narrative, I am going to remove it. Well, uh, like I was saying, my, um, my initial thought was why? Why? What 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 causes that to possibly happen? But and you know, you told me, hey, chill out. It'll be in the story. Just relax. And I said, okay, I can't even get a, a spoiler, you know, and I'm your own co-host here and whatever. Dude. Well, I'm, I, I can't give you a spoiler. I'm just not going to give it to you on air. Oh, yeah, that's it. There's a, just a little bit of behind the scenes. There's a bit of Slack group discussion, and some people have been asking for spoilery, uh, some spoilery questions it's about. because we don't like waiting, man. We don't like waiting. Well, you're going to have to because. It's the get it now generation. You know what I mean? I know, but at the same time, uh, okay. Let's, let's, let's get into it, okay? Let's, let's play chronology <laughs> a bit. Okay. So here is what has been going on. And I will tell you what is going on. And then I will tell you a bit of what I expect and hope will be going on. You want this to be the JF show? Let's. Oh, man. What have I done? Yeah. You <laughs> stepped in poo. Now you have to wipe your shoe. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody. All right, well, you could you could just click it off now. Fine. Go fine, listen fine. to that other one. Drink shares or I'll, whatever. I'll, I'll put I'll <laughs> I'll pull back a bit. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Before we get into too heavy of the, the life engineer Jeff Dubo discussion, Paul, ageless, where are we at with that? Oh man, um, it's uh, locked in, man. The only thing I have to do is approve the ebook. Mm-hmm. So they are off getting prints now, and oh my gosh, you know what the worst you thing? This. You know what the worst thing would be? Is what? if after you went, you said okay, and it went to the printer, you somehow stumbled onto a typo. I hate your face. Because that would <laughs> chew at <laughs> your soul. God, I hate forever. You. <laughs> it will destroy you from within. It starts. It starts. It's a small, like a bit, like a, a bit of a you know, a, some fungus in a wall that you don't immediately notice, and then slowly it spreads destroying your house 
Yes, yes. I understand. I understand how this works, okay? It's a disease, all right? I get it. I get it. I hate you. All right, so here's the game. When you get your book, find the typo, okay? If you find the typo, you're the first person to find the typo. I will send you a signed copy of JF's book. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can find the typo in this one. Uh, Yeah. Like like I told Paul, like, here's the thing. I don't think there's a book in print right now that doesn't have at least one typo. And anybody that says that, oh, no, my book doesn't have any typo is probably a liar. There have been typo in typos in books forever. There was a an important typo in a mathematical formula in you know Isaac Newton's Principia that wasn't yeah. find, found for over a century. An important one. Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of a big one because <laughs> yeah. the whole formula is freaking messed up. Then you're like, what? But come on, Isaac Newton, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's not his fault. I guess. But, but that's the thing. Like, it's just, you've got to remember. Like, a typo is an unintentional error. It's a mistype. It's usually, in general, it doesn't interfere with the flow of the story. Sometimes you'll have some elitist prick that can't drink his tea without having his pinky finger stinking out. That's going to say, oh, well, you know, having these two consonants reversed totally took me out of the story. I couldn't continue. And that guy can burn in (laughs) hell because he's not not important. But most of the masses, they'll run it across a typo. And since just land, most people read words as entire symbols, not in a syllable by syllable. Yeah, because... Here's another thing. If you're reading words one syllable at a time, you're in grade three. If you're reading words as... You shouldn't be reading my book then. (laughs) Exactly. It it might be a bit complex for you. But if you're reading words like at an adult level, when you're reading each word, usually they come out as just symbol. You'll see the word important and the word important is a symbol. Even if you reverse two letters in it, you won't technically notice because of how adults read. Well, JF, here's the problem with your theory there. Um, mm. My typo is more of a sentence structure error. It's not just a word. It's not just a reverse of letter. A Does of it change the nature of the story? Well, see, here's the thing. Is, the, is it like, is it a, a, a place it's where... It's not a, a... Is it no, where a no, character says, I love you, and it should say, I do not love you, or I don't <laughs> love you? If it's no. not something like that... You like highlight it, make a note of it. When there's a reprint, get it exactly. fixed. Until exactly. then, well, don't worry about it. That that um, you know, you know uh, that guy on that other podcast that we don't want to talk about, Joe. So he he said something really cool. He was like, you know, man, it just makes it you know a collector's item when the next edition comes out. And I said, yeah, I like this. I like this story. I like it. So, uh, yeah, but it's out. It's printing now. And the best thing happened, dude. This was the craziest best thing uh, in our Slack group um, that we may or may not be part of. a part of. No, I'm part just of it. To, just, no, we got to keep them guessing. Come on, JF. All right. So, anyway, we're part of this Slack group. And uh, this, in the it. Slack group, <laughs> in the Slack group, there was a picture posted of an advanced reader of ageless mm. and the first print version i've ever seen of it was at that point and i was definitely giddy i put my happy i put my happy uh, my happy pants on and i danced around the house it was fun it was great good times and then colorful, i immediately started colorful pants yeah i immediately started doubting myself I'm like, oh my god it's gonna be terrible they're gonna hate it um he's gonna hate it he's gonna review it terrible elon you know elon 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Samuel, is that right? Samuel. Elon Samuel. And uh, yeah, a very, very, very heated discussion on the pronunciation of his name. Super nice guy. Met him in person in San Francisco. Like honestly, I was prepared to hate everything about the dude. I really, I had my punching gloves on. I was gonna say, oh, I'm gonna hate him. No, so not just really. Like, walk up to him and fight him. Yeah, hey no, Elon. Exactly. Hey, nice to meet you. Pow! Right in the face. <laughs> no, no, we were gonna dance fight, but oh, um, okay. Turns out, no, it turns out he's he's just a super cool dude, super chill. Yeah, and he's uh, what is it? The war, the, the warbler. warbler, the warbler. Yes, that's hard for me to say. The warbler. Why warbler? I don't know the, the warbler. Putting those together, warbler, warbler, war, war is the one that messes up. What are you in kindergarten? It's just a word, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I teach kids. I teach. Uh, I'm a chorus teacher. I teach kids to sing in every language imaginable. We did Slovo- Slovakian in the fall, and I can't say warbler. You know. You should talk to your diction coach about that. I should. So anyway, no, I, I, I have a review on the Warbler for Life Engineered. And if it's if the review that you get is anything like Fantastic I'm going to get, review. it's going to be fair and very um, constructive criticism, right? Elon oh, yeah. didn't just write positive, flowery, nice things. Like he wrote a very positive review picking out and highlighting the good parts of the book but he does go into some of the stuff like i thought this and this could have been better and i thought these things could be improved and that to me as as a writer as an artist is incredibly important because absolutely i agree like having having a review that just says it's the best book ever is good because it usually looks good on ego stroke. Yeah, it's yeah. good for the ego. It looks good on ratings. Good for SEO. Having a review that just said it's bad for reasons I am too busy to disclose. <laughs> useless. Absolutely useless. Yes, absolutely. Because I can't learn from that. I cannot. I can't go into that and say, oh yes, okay, these are the fam- points I can improve. But someone who will say. This is what's good. Do more of this. This is what's bad. Do less of that. That is gold. These are perfect reviews, and I've had several of those in the past week. I, I, to be honest, here, here's what I've been doing: like reviews like Elon's. I go through it, and any part I go relevant comment, I will pick it out, copy and paste it into a document, so that I can go back and when I'm going to be done writing the sequel to Life Engineered. I will reread all these comments and make sure that anything positive I've done as much as possible into made sure that it was in the sequel and anything negative that I'm not repeating into the sequel. Exactly. That is what That's I call improving oneself. <laughs> yeah. It's a new yeah. thing. Yeah. I hope wow, it catches man. on. You are like an innovator. I know. It's amazing. I'm going to patent it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to call great. it learning. Oh man, that's mm. that's a fancy word there. Let me write that down. Yeah, learning. I think I spelled it wrong though, because I'm terrible at spelling. <laughs> I don't know how you are at spelling, but like when I'm writing, when I was writing ageless, right? Every time I look up, <laughs> every time I looked up at this uh, from my hands, because I'm a terrible typer too. So I'm looking at my fingers, going hunt and peck, blip 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 blip, and I look up, and 15 words are spelled wrong in a row, and I'm like, well, whatever, I'll fix that later. I am the worst. No, I mean, I mean, absolutely, you're you're absolutely right. You should when you're writing, you should concentrate on getting your story and your pacing right the first time, and anything like it's so easy to correct, you know, grammar and things like that after the facts compared to correcting plot after the fact. Like I'm yeah. an excellent typer, except my left pinky is paralyzed, which leads for some very colorful typos once in a while. 
um, I'm going to get deep here. I'm going to go in for the for the um, emotional. Is that from the accident that you had? Absolutely. It's basically it? okay. if you if you want to know, like the, the the thing is, the the pinky itself should not be paralyzed, but there's a wound. Um, my landing point when I had the accident because I kind of flew a bit in the air. Mm-hmm. When I landed on the asphalt, I landed on my left wrist. And there is a severe abrasion wound there. And there was a point fracture on the cubital bone. But when it healed, it healed over the tendon that controls, that that, that allows independent control over the left pinky. So because that tendon is now paralyzed, it's being held by the, by the, the, the bone that healed over it. The pinky moves um, in tandem with the, uh, the 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 ring finger on that on that oh, hand, so it still moves, but it doesn't move independently very well. Okay, it's weird. It's a uh, yeah, it's fun. If you don't know about the accident, then um, you should go back and listen to some of the old episodes because we covered mm-hmm. it there, and I'm not covering it again, JF, because this is the JF show. But I'll be I'll be unhappy if you're crying by the end of it. Well, <laughs> tears of tears of sadness. Here's a joy, though. No. So, JF, this week has been crazy for you. Um, um. By the way, how was the? Uh, I, I'm getting all. I'm all over the place. How was the? Um, the cruise, because you know you were talking about working on the life engineered sequel. The crew, the cruise. I hear, I hear that you maybe spent some time working on it while you were relaxing on a cruise ship. All right. Well, let's let's back up a bit. One of, one of the things. Let's go about it chronologically. One of the things that was interesting about the release of the book that is listen was, man i don't do chronological i mean look that's why i'm all over course, the place you're that's why ageless you're, you're ageless that's why ageless is um non-linear i don't do chronological yeah but anyway, well, go ahead. well buckle up paul because we're i know i'm in for exciting journey i'm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep journey. this you know somewhat <laughs> coherent for the listener so i feel like i've been drinking wine now <laughs> i'm infectious yeah I'm getting less drunk as you're getting more drunk. Somehow, somehow through the internet, only through the magic of the internet. <laughs> ah, yes. So here's anyway, the thing. Sorry. <laughs> one, one of the things that was interesting, like I've everybody that publishes a book or is trying to get a book published has sort of a preconceived notion of what they expect the chain of event to be. And there is a lot of surprises in store for anybody that's going through this. Like for for starters, when I first submitted my manuscript to Inkshares, my first thought was, I'm done, which is not true. But (laughs) when when looking at the release date, you think of this release date as being this one singular event, this, this singularity where everything happens all at once. And very quickly, you discover that, hey, that's not exactly the case because that's not how delivery chains function. That's not, that's not how a supply chain works, especially not for a small, you know, a first-time author working with a, a still relatively small publisher. So where he is, if you're, uh, if you're Stephen King or J.K. Rowling, you can very easily put pressure on a bookstore or a distributor to say, you can have my book in your warehouse, but you cannot put it, on, put it on shelf until that exact date. And they have to follow that because you have clout. You have the power to put pressure on these retailers to not release your, your product early. When you're me, you have no control over this. So when 
Amazon gets the books, the physical books in, in the warehouse, and they have an order for it, they, they ship it. Like, they don't care what I think. I don't have that kind of pressure. I don't have that kind of, of influence on them. So as far as they're concerned, they see a client that's willing to give them money for a product. They have an untested product that someone's willing to buy. They're not going to hold it until the official release date if they already have it in stock. And that's fine. But what that does mean is that between pre-orders already shipping weeks early to the, to the supporters, Amazon already shipping to whoever is putting in orders and anybody else, any other giveaways are happening. The release date that for me was March 1st becomes ceremonial at best. Right. So you kind of have like sort of like a soft opening. Exactly. It's still an important date because that's the date that you want people to start sending in the reviews. It's still the date that on Amazon, the, uh, the, the, the digital versions are going to become available. So there's still a lot of things there. But by the time you reach that release date, a lot of things already happened, which made my life a lot more complicated. And this is where the cruise comes in. Okay. I was wondering when we were going to get there because cruises are fun. So cruises are amazing. Anybody like here's my little history on cruises. When I first won, when I was first approached with the idea of going on a cruise, it was by my then wife who said, Hey, we should go on a cruise. And I said, Oh honey, I'm not retired. What would I do on a cruise? And then she said, Oh, you Poor dumb man. You have no idea what you're talking about. So she introduced me to the world of cruises and said, and she basically demonstrated very clearly, if you go on a cruise, it doesn't matter if you're 12 or 80, you can find things to enjoy yourself. If you go on a cruise and you're not enjoying yourself, you clearly are making an effort to be boring. And so we, we went on a cruise, we got married on a cruise, and cruises are probably the best kind of vacation I can think of. But the problem is my family had planned a cruise for the week just before the release of Life Engineer. Yeah, why would you not do that? Why would you not? Well, we didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You told me that it was a long time ago. Yeah, It was almost a year ago. It was at least eight months ago. Cruises are not the kind of things that are easy to reschedule without incurring significant costs. That makes sense. But fortunately, fortunately, the future to the rescue. Turns out that nowadays, if you go on a cruise and you're willing to shell out enough money, they will give you a somewhat respectable internet access on your devices. I was wondering about that. Because I remember you told me, hey, uh, I don't know what, it's going to be spotty at best. And I was like, okay, cool, no worries. And then I saw you like posting here and there, responding to people. So so that, that that's the thing. Like if, if it would have been maybe like five years ago, this probably would have been a much larger problem. Because the entire week that I was on a cruise, two very, very cool things were happening regarding the book. First of all, I got to write a lot on a cruise, which sounds kind of weird to some people. It's like, why would you work where you're on a cruise? But you have to understand that to me, writing is not working. It is the most fun thing I can do. So being able to do the most fun thing I can do in the best vacation setting I can come up with 
was heaven. I would do that all year long if I could. <laughs> but the second thing is that a lot of people were starting to receive their books from pre-orders and Amazon orders. And because the people who support the Life Engineered are the coolest people on earth, they were sending me, uh, they were sending me emails with pictures of them holding the books, tweeting about them holding the books, just tons and tons of pictures of people with my robot book, which was the coolest thing ever. However, as cool as that is, these are the people that support me. They made this book happen. Like in, in, in a way, I very much owe them for the privilege of being able to publish that book. So I would have felt like a monster if I wasn't able to engage these people and at least thank them for pre-ordering, but thank them even more for, for showing off the book and, and being so cool about it. Like, I mean, in a certain way, what would have normally, like maybe 50 years ago, been a launch party that is just a one evening event was stretched out over a week or two weeks of just people saying, check it out, I got your book, it's awesome. Like the people who got like book number one out of 750 or book 42 because that number has meanings to us nerds. Like it was, there was just this Thank fun you. frenzy. Yeah, that's right. You do, you're the one who got I got 42, yep. Yeah, you need, you need to wrap that book in a towel. I will. And apparently I'm giving it away. Remember, don't forget, you find the typo, you get the book. Just kidding, Jay. Oh, you're getting number? You, no, you're not giving it away number four. No, I'm not giving it away. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I'm never going to give that away. So, Come on. No, you should. That's, you absolutely should. No, I won't. It's, I love it. Hell, if you well, give it away, well, you give it to me. I don't uh, want to say I love it. Like, I'm not in love with it. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy reading it. I like it. Okay, it's getting weird. Keep going, don't, Jeff. Don't, Just keep going. Don't be a freak, Paul. Uh, <laughs> so, the, the, but the thing is, like, you have all these people showing excitement for your product. Like, you want to join in that, ex that excitement. And I was super glad to be able to do that because of where technology is at. Being able to, for a quote-unquote reasonable price, being able to, 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 to engage with these people. Because... Part of being any kind of creative professional nowadays involves interacting with your audience, especially at the level that we're at. And that was like, if, if writing is super cool to me, I think interacting with people who enjoy what I do is probably the second coolest thing. That is very, very, very awesome. So you wrote some of your sequel. How much did you get done? How much do you think? How many words do you think that you laid down over the course of your entire trip? Because, like you said, for you, writing is the fun. So, how many words? How many? How many words do you think you got down? Obviously, this is the first draft. Still, first draft. It's the first draft. So, I, yeah. I laid down probably between eight thousand to ten thousand words, which is a, a large chunk. That's a big chunk of words. Yeah, I, when you're on a cruise, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of words. Yeah, but when you get to sit down like on on a chair and have like drinks and cookies available to you at all times and your the weather is nice it's look it becomes very easy to just vanish into your own mind and enjoy yourself and just really concentrate on the book it's like it's very much like writing in a coffee shop but without any of the worries you would normally have it's, it was really the best kind of writing environment i could imagine i would i would do this forever you know, maybe that's what um, NaNoWriMo should become. You know, the NaNoWriMo cruise. That's why what we do from the, now on. Why is that not a thing? The NaNo I don't cruise, know. one month at sea. That would be super expensive. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you got to get, uh, how many words is it? 50,000 words. 
in one month at sea. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. Who can we talk so about to get that to get that together? I'm going to get that together. Oh, that yeah. and InkCon. Both of those things are coming together this year. Well, within a year, maybe. InkCon would be amazing. InkCon will be amazing. Not would will. Yes, it will no, happen. Yeah, no, you're, you're you're right. It's it's something that will happen. I don't know when, but it will happen because. Well, speaking there's... of cons. Um, speaking of cons, today, just today, as a matter of fact, I went and I purchased a table at the convention that we have um, here in May, and uh, it's a pretty decent-sized convention. Um, 7,200 individual users, or not users, individual people last year ha- um, bought tickets and were there for the duration. And uh, oh, 77? Seven no seventy two hundred. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes, it's like, not ooh. it's not on the level of like yeah that is a huge con okay. But for what this is, that's a pretty that's a pretty decent number. I mean it's packed. They had to actually upgrade the uh, their space, which was already a huge space in the convention center here in Myrtle Beach. And uh, you know I'm excited. I got a table, and uh, Derek is actually going to be coming to Myrtle Beach because he lives relatively reasonably close. You know. So he's going to come up, and um, we're going to share the table, and we're going to have good times. So it's going to be oh, pretty man. awesome. I'm, I'm very jealous of, uh, of of Derek to be able to go down there. It sounds May like a good time. Something May, I don't remember, but it's after my book comes out, uh, and a after of weeks, his 20, book comes 17. out too. Yes, speaking of his book, and we're all over the place. But speaking of his book, I don't know if you noticed this, but the ebook is now available for download. Yeah, well, Paul, that wouldn't matter to me if I hadn't already read up or made out of dragons. But oh mm. no, that's right. I but, saw. Uh, I saw that. Someone, actually. someone kind of sent me a copy so I could like have a look at it and maybe give my comments because, you know, I'm I'm really important things and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a big deal. <laughs> You're a big deal now that your book is out. You're a big deal. Not a big deal. So this week, um, this week oh, was a, it's, a, it's, it's good. That's what made out dragons real good. Yes, in fact, there is a quote from you in it or, or, or on it. I'm not really sure. I don't but know. Definitely something. Yes, in fact, I will read it to you. And this is actually kind of interesting to me. So since you're talking about it, I'm actually going to open it up here because I've already downloaded it. If you haven't, if you haven't downloaded it, please do so. And uh, the funny no, thing is, okay, okay, no, okay, okay, can I take can I take a moment? Okay, if if you're yeah. listening to this. And you have the opportunity to download Asteroid Made Out Dragon. Stop reading whatever else you draw, do, you're, you're reading. Put it aside. Immediately read Asteroid Made Out Dragon, so that on the release date of that book, you can immediately go review it on Amazon and Goodreads. That you don't go to like when Derek asks you, "Hey, can you review my book?" That your answer isn't, "I'm not done reading it yet." Your answer needs to be, "Yes, Derek, I've read it." here's my review because that is super important to an author. It's super important to increase their, not their sales, but their visibility, which eventually leads to sales, but you need to do that. <laughs> so you can read the expanse or the twilight saga or whatever the hell you guys are reading later. Read. His All right. Book. So while I agree with you, JF, I will say this. If you are reading an unattractive vampire, don't stop reading that one because Jim's release date is actually before Derek's. So oh yeah, that's true. I'm finish sorry, I'm sorry. that one. Yeah, because that's actually where I am. I'm about uh, I don't know exactly twelve chapters maybe into um, an unattractive vampire. Wait, so far it's how good, come man. I don't have that? You should. You should. I got mm-hmm. the actual physical copy too. 
What? Um, yeah, what's today? Yesterday, two days ago, two days ago, I got it. Um, so anyway, you do have a quote uh, in here, a little bit of praise. I'm not going to read your quote, but I'm going to read blah, blah, blah. You thought it was good. Derek, it was good. He said that, okay. But anyway, this is the best part, in my opinion. J.F. Dubow, author of The Life Engineered and co-host of Right Brain Podcast. That is amazing to me. I was like, what? Oh, That's wait. funny. They put that? Oh, they I, put that. I kind of asked them not to. <laughs> wow, what a girl. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean that's funny. That's really that's really fun. I was like, wow. If I can pull back, if that. I can pull back the curtain on this a bit, like just to to give uh, people like the whole point of right brain is that we talk about like sort of the the, the meat and potatoes and the the how to sausage and made of these things. But there was a discussion about how to present that and whether or not like because I um, I'm trying to remember. My, I, there, there's a quote from me, there's a blurb from me on Ageless, and there's a blurb from me on Asteroid Me Out Dragon. And originally, it was mentioned, you, like, we should put, uh, for, for, for the blurb on Ageless, to say, uh, Jeff Dubow, author of Life Engineered and Coast of Right Brain. And really? I did not know this. Then we went back and forth, and I said, Paul is also on Right Brain, so that kind of makes it sound weird and self-serving self-serving but the thing is like there there's blurbs are to a certain degree curated to have the best impact possible and the fact like the idea of not necessarily referencing the the podcast like i mean not that it's a secret that you and i do a podcast together but because we don't the, the idea is to not have the blurb make it sound like the podcast that you're a part of is endorsing right. your own book, but it's rather me as an individual author is endorsing your book. Meanwhile, right. when we're referencing, when we're, we're when I'm blurbing uh, Derek's book, the fact that we're adding host of the Right Brain, Brain Pod podcast adds that level of sort of, God, it sounds so weird saying that credibility <laughs> doesn't it though that is that does sound weird it does but no i get exactly what you're saying and i agree i think that was a good choice i think that was a good decision um that i was not made aware of until right now on the mm-hmm. podcast thanks jf no, it. but that's funny like i'm saying like this is the kind of things like and and look if they're asking me for blurbs it's it's only a matter of time because before they start asking you guys for blurbs so Oh yeah, this, sure. this is this well, is. Well, I don't know, but maybe, maybe I don't know. But this this is kind of stuff that this is the kind of stuff that you guys are also going to have. Like, I mean, you're this kind of discussion is kind of back and forth. You're not just submitting a blurb and then say and it's like fire and forget and they write whatever. Like they say, well, we'd like to pick that part and say that part. Like, um, like a, a good example, like the, the first blurb I wrote about Ageless, the wording, not the intent, but the wording. Avalon told me, well, that makes it sound a bit negative because I use the word challenging. Oh, nice. Thanks. Thanks, but buddy. I'm, but the, the way I meant challenging was I meant this isn't children's literature. This is a I book that demands a certain like, intellectual investment to, uh, to, to, to properly in, uh, understand and enjoy because there's a lot of chronological hopping. I mean, this isn't like from going from A to B to C to D. Like there's obviously more to it than that. So to me, to me, a challenging read is something positive. But Avalon said, Avalon bring it right up. Like said, well, challenging may be good to you, but we need to find a word that means the same thing, but that cannot be interpreted 
in as like in a negative way by someone who doesn't have the same point of view as you. So, so it's there. There's a lot of curating going on behind these. Yeah, things. a lot of finesse, right? You gotta be, exactly. you gotta tread lightly because I understand what you mean. Like, I and I totally agree. Like, one of the things in the developmental edit stage of of Ageless was it was on the table very very briefly. Hey, do you want to redo this and not do it in a nonlinear style? And uh, there was a part of me that was really torn. I was really like, you know, I, I understand that it makes it a little bit more involved for the re the reader has to be a little bit more involved and pay a little bit more attention. Like it's obviously it's not easier uh, to just read a story in order. I mean, but it's, it takes a little bit more work to maybe remember, okay, wait, what happened in the chapter before? You know what I mean? So you got to really kind of read carefully. That's, that's, that's that's kind of how I look at it. And, you know, I'm really scared about that. I mean, I'll be honest with you on the podcast. I'm really afraid that it might make it a difficult enough read that people give up on it. And I hope not. And I really hope not because, well, I worked really hard on it for one thing. Not like everybody didn't work hard on their own stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see, you know, I want to see people at least make it through it because <laughs> I have had friends, friends who ordered the the book, who pre-ordered in the in the back in the contest. Um, and when I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be a nonlinear story. And I said, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't know, what did I, 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 I think I used Memento because it was such a weird story. And I was like, kind of like if you think of Memento's kind of style and <laughs> this friend said, oh, my God. And I said, what? She said. I'm going to hate your book. And I was like, God, come on. At least you didn't even read it. Just try. And she was I'm like, sure, and I'm eh, sure she okay. will. Is oh, this, she will. She, she definitely will. will. The, 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 I think a lot of the difference when you talk about non-chronological writing, and that, that's kind of an art, um, subject matter on it to its own, is non-chronological writing is a lot easier to digest for binge reader. Like someone who is going to say, this is the book I'm taking to the beach. And between the time I sit down and the time I get up, I will have read the whole thing non-linear linear chronology is not a problem because you're eating the entire meal at once. Right. Meanwhile, if you're the kind of person who's more like me, who has maybe a couple of hours every day to read, non-chronological can be a bit more difficult because every time you sit down, you have to remember, all right, where was I? And sort of fix yourself into the weird narrative that you know, non-linear chronology provides. I'm fine with it because I like this kind of stuff. But other people that are casual readers like that may have a hard a harder time. Right, and I but, agree. I agree with you. And and that's kind of what I, I said when I when I was writing it. I'm like, this is what I enjoy. I like to think, you know, not not that people who don't like that stuff don't like to think, but I enjoy the unraveling, the unwrapping. That's what I like. You know what I mean? Trying mm -hmm. to figure it out. I like that. That's why I wrote it like this. Ultimately, it came down to, in my developmental edit, I was like, you know what? I feel like the nonlinear element is as much a character as the characters. So I decided that I would, uh, you know, I, I honestly started re rewriting it and it, it was just a lot of rearranging, really, more of the thing. And I just didn't feel like it was as... I didn't feel like it flowed as well. Obviously, I could have um, asked for plenty of more time to completely do a rewrite. And I was like, no, I just feel like it's 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 a part of the story this way. You know what I mean? When you lived with something for so long, it is t change is difficult. 
that doesn't mean that I didn't change. There was a lot of stuff that changed a lot. So <laughs> I think it would be important for us at, in, in a future episode, maybe next episode to talk about the different kind of sort of intellectual baggage between different narratives, because when I, when I think of ageless and I think of life engineer, like I consider ageless to be sort of a more challenging read because of those elements that we just talked about. Meanwhile, I don't think the life engineered is a challenging read. It's, it's fairly linear. It's first person point of view. It is, it's a fairly easy read, but I don't think life engineered is less of an intellectual um, buffet than ageless. I don't disagree. But I don't in a different way. Because age right, right, exactly. where ageless kind of forces you to twist your mind to be able to follow more complex threads that a life engineer doesn't have. Life engineered is more a kind of book that will introduce concepts that will sort of invite you to close the book for a second and go, huh, that's messed up, yo. And, you know, think about these that's, things. I did that about 12 times. And that, that's, that's what I was looking for. That's the kind of thing that I would have been very reluctant to abandon. But these are large subjects that we can talk about. I would yeah, rather so, keep well, talking about me. Well, not me. Exactly. Yes. Well, let's let's get back to the life engineer. So this week has been a pretty amazing. This past week has been a pretty amazing week for you, uh, including your first ever really challenging kind of author like maybe a meet and greet although you probably knew most of those people i would think right mm -hmm. um and you had to face one of your fears which we've talked about here on the podcast before um you had to do a live reading in fact you know what why don't you just tell us all about your experience as having your um launch party because you know i was there sort of yes kinda. all right so let, let, let me un let me unwrap this one because there's a lot of things going around the, first, the, the thing is about a book, you kind of want to have a launch party. It, no matter how small or big it ends up being, you sort of need this milestone event. So I wanted to organize a launch party. And to me, this everything about this, and I've said it on a podcast before, was very alien. All of it was different. It's not something I, I'm used to. I'm not used to organizing events on my own. Um, I'm not used to being the center of attention of these kind of events in the sense that never have I done that. Like I'm, I don't like birthday parties for that kind of thing. I, I don't like to be oh, interesting. Like I don't, I don't like people showing up for me because it weirds me out. It's this weird self-esteem if, if thing and anxiety thing. So, but unfortunately this is very much the same way I keep telling people don't hide behind a pen name. Like the, we're, we're no longer in that world. We're in a world where people want to know as much about the creator as they want to know about their creations. Don't try to avoid interacting with your audience. As much as I like telling people that at some point I have to speak those words in the mirror and go, JF, you're no longer in a world where you cannot have this kind of event you can you can't avoid being that person because it is part and parcel of what you're trying to do as far as your writing career is concerned so bite the bullet do the event maybe it's going to be a success maybe it's going to be a flop but do the goddamn event so i shopped around i found this very cute very tiny little bookstore here in montreal called argo bookshop it is a gloriously independent hole in the wall. It is adorable. 
but very tiny. I managed to get in touch with the extremely busy uh, owner, Megan, who was super nice to have me, to allow me to do the, the book launch there. And I sent out invitations and a lot of people that were supposed to be there were sick. So that meant for a very small crowd. I'm lucky enough to have a very supportive family. Like my parents helped. Like every a lot of the stuff I didn't really have time to deal with, like getting food for the event. They my my, my mom took care of it because she's a food food fiend, so she helped organize that and get stuff for that and and bring alcohol. And so we eventually we we ended up having this very small event with eleven live people, mostly people that I knew that I had at least met online, if not in person before. And also a small contingent of online participant, including one Paul Inman. And this, yep. this was, I'm, I'm going to say this was my launch gift from Kara uh, Weston, who organized that very She's much. Awesome. Yeah, very much behind my back. But it, it, it allowed. Oh, you didn't know. You didn't know? Very last minute. I, I, oh, wow. I, I know she coordinated with another one of my, uh, my friends from Montreal, uh, Christopher Huang. I'm massacring his last name. I'm sorry, Chris. But um, yeah, she coordinated <laughs> with him. He's yeah, he's he's how do you say? He's one of my favorite Montreal weirdos. He's very much he's <laughs> the definition of an eccentric. So which makes him all the cooler. So all of this like was organized. Meanwhile, all all while I was still managing a lot of these social media aspects of the book launch because the party happened on March third, the books were launched on March first. So I was still dealing with a bit of the aftermath of my sword and laser interview. Still trying to prompt as many people to go leave, leave reviews on Amazon and dealing with all of that while other people were assisting me managing the the actual launch party. Launch party lasted, these are thankfully, I guess, relatively short events, like an hour and a half, two hours. The way we did it, we had a bit of a meet and greet where we chatted and other people were trying to do tech support to make sure that the hangout that you guys were in was working, <laughs> which was a bit of an issue. I'll, I'll try to be a bit more involved because I think if I had used my own computer, my own stuff, I, I would have been better able to to solve some of those problems faster. Oh, dude, you know, we were Okay. We were hanging out with you know how you remember how it was when we yeah did the, uh, you guys hung out amongst yourself yeah and, we were fine we just wanted to be supportive you know and so. uh, dude you it, it's it's hard for me to express how appreciative I am and grateful I am for that because it does make a difference because as much as the people that are there and some of them are also fellow authors but having the people that are even more involved in the Inkshare community and the ecosystem people like you and and, and Kara who are really into it and actually having some people from Inkshare like Avalon and I think Jeremy was also uh, yep. on, on the call and in fact all the all the guys and girls from um, Inkshares they called in for um, you know not not super long but 10 minutes or so uh, that was <laughs> that was right in the like middle of all the issues. So they were like, okay, well, well, they waved well. at me. And but but that's <laughs> the thing, like, it doesn't take much for you to go, okay, these people care enough to have at least tried to be there, and that yes, makes a difference. Exactly. Exactly. It's that that's what support's all about. So we had a bit of a meet and greet with that. Ate some cheese, ate some brownies, and all their pastries. That was fun. Drank some dessert wine, and then at some point in the evening. Because it's something I sort of need to get used to. I did a reading of from my book. And it was the perfect environment for it. Because as uncomfortable as the idea of reading from my own book is to me, I was in a very supportive, 
comfortable environment to do that for the first time. Now, make no mistake, I am super comfortable talking in front of a crowd. 200 people, 2,000 people, 2 million people, I don't care. You could put the world in front of me and put me on a stage and I have no problem chatting. I'm very comfortable behind a microphone in front of a crowd, except if I am reading my own work. I can't do that in front of a mirror, let alone a crowd. So here's the thing. Like I, I actually did say, okay, I asked people, do you guys want me to read from the book? And those bastards all said yes and unanimously. So <laughs> sat down and I read from the book. I read the prologue as was recommended by one Kara Weston. I asked, I asked her, like, what do you think? Like, you've read the book. You seem to have liked it. What should I read? So she's the one who said you should read the prologue because it doesn't reveal too much of the story. It's very introductory. It's very light. It's very short. Do that. Very inter- very good suggestion on her part. That's what I did. Very glad I did. And it, I hate to say it, but it wasn't that bad. I didn't enjoy it, but I think <laughs> I can do this now. But you didn't die either. Exactly. Hey, I just have one question about the reading. Just one. Go ahead. Did you hear Joe's little boy? Who didn't? Oh no, that is awesome. Sorry, Joe. Um, <laughs> we were <laughs> you couldn't see us because you were reading, but we we're on there like waving our hands and like going <laughs> mute yourself, mute yourself. It was awesome. It was funny. I, he figured it out after a few seconds. He was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> here's here's the thing. I I heard it, but the computer was right next to me. I don't think, and I have a voice that projects to a certain degree. Um, so I. I'm pretty sure everybody else heard it, but not heard it to a point to the point where it bothered them. Like you probably heard nah. some squealing from the from the laptop, and that was it. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, you know what? I'll be honest, man. You read it. You read fine. You read. In fact, I had my copy right here with me, and I was reading along with you. Actually, I was following along with you. So it was good. It's, I was enjoying it. It is weird to read your own stuff. It's just it's it doesn't feel natural at all. And I it's. You know it's like a lot of various things that, like, I'm going to get a bit you know, psychological here. A lot of people say, I'm not comfortable with X, so I'm never going to do X, and I should never be forced, or no one should try to convince me to do it. And I hate to say it, but that is not the correct approach. It's a comfortable approach, but it's not the right approach. Because one of our qualities as human beings is that we're very adaptable. and the way memory and experience works is that you're always going to be comparing what you're doing with the worst version of that. So, and that is something I knew going in doing that first reading, because I know I'm going to do this first reading. And even if it's an absolute catastrophe, it just creates a baseline from which to work on. Like the next time I do it, it's probably going to be better. If, it, if it's really bad, the next time is going to be better. And the next time is going to be better than that. That's how experience works. And I need to gain that experience because if writing is something I want to do for a living, if I'm going to be writing more books, these are things that are going to happen more frequently and they're going to happen over and over again. And I need to get over myself and I need to get somewhat, maybe not happy doing it, but at least comfortable. So I bit the freaking bullet and did it. And it was great. It was great. We had a great time in the uh, hangout. Um, Becky Lieber was there and uh, Craig 
people I have not met yet. So I was Craig, Craig Monroe. Uh, is that his? I'm not. I can't remember I his know. last name. I'm sorry, Craig. But I, yes, I think so. I just don't remember. Because I, I know Craig. I know Craig Monroe is from Ottawa. So yes, I'm it was to, him. It was him. I'm going to Craig be Monroe. pestering the living bejesus out of that guy to do joint promo- promotional stuff because he is literally just two hours away. Um, yeah, he told he told us that too, and he said he had a plan of going there physically, going there, not just being on the hangout. Um, but he couldn't get off of work the next day, which is what his plan was, so he could stay the night, I guess, there or whatever. Mm. But uh, he, they were really cool people, and um, Christine Brecky, mm. uh, might not be right. I am so sorry. I, I butcher names. I am bad I, with. I, names. I think that's one of the biggest disappointments because I immediately noticed when uh, when Christopher showed me like who was on the hangout, like I recognized like mousing over the uh, the, the various attendants. I noticed some names. I went, "Oh, these are people that I've interacted with on the internet, but I've never ta- talked to, and I won't really get to because I'm going to be too busy." Right. Yeah, and that's okay. We actually talked about setting up another hangout sometime, so you could be part of that. Um, you know, the the uh, the cool thing, about, one of the cool things about all this and, and having your release date is that you got you've this week, you've done some major promotion things. You know, you've been posting um, in Twitter and on on Facebook and in, in the group for the Life Engineered and uh, all these different types of interviews, more or less, I guess, is what they are um, or appearances is maybe a better way to put it. Um why don't you run down a couple of those um, like, and talk to us briefly because we're already at an hour, but briefly, you know, talk about your experiences with getting to interact with, with these other, other podcasts or um, what did you do a, uh, no, that was a couple of weeks ago. Never mind. But you still t- did that where you were, um, you had, were on the uh, SF signal. I couldn't think what it was called. Sorry. Yeah. So one of the things I did, I don't know if I managed to talk about this. I might have not. I might not have talked about this on this podcast. But one of the things I wanted to do is sort of, I wanted to publish something on SF Signal or any other platform to help promote the book launch. And one of the things I did was I wrote a short story that is set in the universe of the Life Engineered, but serves as kind of a spoiler-free prequel to it. By the way, if I can interrupt, and I know I've done that a lot, but I will. It's also just your want podcast, to, Paul. You can. I know, but I just want to say that that short story is fantastic. If you haven't read it, really go read it because it's a great little introduction into the world. And like JF said, it's it's pretty spo- spoiler free, but it's it's really right in there. And you know, I I just ha- I had just finished writing my review that same day that you posted it or that they posted it. And um, I was like, yes, this is awesome. I'm right back in here. I just left and now I'm back. And it felt good. I, I think the biggest compliment that I've had about this short story is someone saying, well, when's the next short story? To which I answered, <laughs> nice. I don't know. <laughs> so, no, it, so I, it, I thought the idea of putting out a short story was interesting because a few of the podcasts I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are not necessarily writing related specifically, but are about the creative process and how to reach an audience. Um, because that's, that is the most difficult part. My philosophy towards the internet is that no matter what you're doing, there's someone somewhere who wants to consume that. You may think, uh, no one wants to hear about what I'm doing. That is, 
statistically almost impossible. There is someone on the internet who wants to read whatever you're doing. The problem is finding them and getting them to at least give you a chance. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do is capitalizing on that philosophy is basically I'm going to put a sample of what the life engineer is, a taste, a, an aperitif, if you will, of that kind of story on a, a larger platform than my plat, my own platform and try to see if that generates some, uh, some interest. And one of the cool things about being a writer or being any kind of content creator is that when you're creating content, nothing is lost. That short story was released on exclusivity on SF Signal. But that doesn't mean that later on I can't include it as a supplementary material in, say, the, the next book or make an anthology of short story. I still have ownership of that and I can still redistribute it in other ways. So nothing is lost. It's worth doing these things. Obviously, you finish your book before you start doing the short stories that you add as promotion for the book. But once you're done with one, doing more is always good. That's that's how I got that extra chapter in the Life Engineered as a preview for Arc Android sequel. That's why I wrote that short story, and that's why I'm going to try to do as much content as possible that way. So that was to, to me that was a very cool experience, and it's also a good way of of reinforcing my relationship with SF Signal. Yeah, because this is not the first time that you have um, published something through them, correct? Uh, no, I, I really I, I wrote an article about ink shares and the importance. About ink shares, that's right. Yeah, exactly about the the importance uh, that ink shares is going to have as a as a platform, uh, and and as 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 a, a mover and shaker in the publishing industry. And my views have deepened since I wrote that article. But I very very often, when people are asking, "Well, what's this ink share thing? What does it mean for the what does it mean for the publishing industry?" I'll say, "Hey, I wrote this article. It's a bit dated, but like most of what I said back then is still true. Go read it, and it's 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 fairly informative, I think. And one day, I'm probably probably I'm thinking this summer, I'm gonna re I'm gonna write a refresher, a, a new version of that article." That takes into account what I've learned since then and how InkShares has evolved since then. Well, you know, to do a little homework for that article, you just go back and you listen to our podcasts over the last, uh, wow, how long have we been doing this? Five, six months, five, six months, something like that. Something like that. That's amazing to me. <laughs> so, yeah, just to go back to the, um, and, and maybe this is a tip to anybody that's going to be published on InkShares. There's a lot of the podcasting opportunities as I've had outside of the uh, outside of Sword and Laser that I, these are things that I've been cultivating relationships I've been working on, not like intentionally like a, a weaselly type of guy trying to like weasel myself into into the good graces of people, but basically these are relationships that I've been building with the these podcasters for almost two years now. These are people that I've made that have become my friends because we have shared interests. But now that I'm publishing a book, being able to turn around and say, Hey buddy, I, I, I would love to have a platform on a, on, on your thing to talk about my book. And that's, that's how I'm lucky enough to have that situation. Um, I'll give you a good example. And this is, this is the kind of thing that InkShares was very supportive in doing is that I, I listened to a podcast called current geek, which 
is not a super good promotional platform because they don't like it's not the kind of place where they will be interviewing you on your product you'll get a few minutes to talk about your product but everything else about that podcast is just hanging out and talking about other things but yeah, which makes I, a good podcast anyway i think it's super fun and it was i wanted to be on that podcast mostly because it's a podcast i've been listening to since it started it's a fun podcast to be on because there's a quiz and you talk about your ideas for the future like there, there's a segment called forecast which is just predictions like oh i think uh, vr is going to be important or what i brought up is i think there's going to be a resurgence of uh, of robotic pets like the ibo but cool instead of stupid well you know what's funny it's it's everything our podcast isn't ladies and gentlemen it is structured there you go no i'm just kidding (laughs) just uh yeah i know it is and it's (laughs) it's the kind of thing but i really wanted to be on that podcast because not not because i thought it was a great promotional platform on a superficial level but on a deeper level i know that the people who listen to current geek are exactly the kind of people that would read life engineered and go man that's a cool book and these are the people I want to connect with and I want them to know who I am and I want to know who they are, more importantly. So I, I managed to get a fairly good deal through Inkshares. With, well, not through Inkshares, but with Inkshares' help. Since Tom Merritt is also one of the hosts on the podcast, so I had a good contact and basically make that happen. Now, I don't know if Current Geek would work for any author. There's other authors that have been on there. Andrew Main's been on there. Um, what's the other? I think Rodrigo Lopez, who wrote *The Tale of Tallest Rabbit*, was on there. So they they are very familiar with having authors on the show. And I would recommend if you feel that it's a good match, maybe try to having shares contact them for you. But I had a relationship going on with the that community for almost two years before. So if you're going to be releasing a book, make sure that you're not. <laughs> I say. You're not just a lurker, like know, know what's available to you, what works for you, what speaks to your crowd, to your people, and make sure that you can, that once you get to the point where, okay, I need to get on these podcasts, you're not, uh, you're not a stranger, you're not a stranger to these people, that you're a known, you're, you're a known quantity. Good also, tip. also get some experience behind a microphone. It's super useful. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, because it, it's good because nobody wants to hear you talk like this when you're on a podcast. And or then... <laughs> yeah, or my favorite, like, hey, tell tell us about your uh, tell us about your book. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that's that's the worst. Like one of the things I've been trying to refine, and if you go back, you don't need to go back very far in some of the podcasts I've recorded about. Uh, when the question is asked, "Hey JF, talk to to us, talk to us about your book," and it's just a solid five minutes of random rambling with the <laughs> word "robot" popping in and out once in a while. Like I've had a very difficult time refining the pitch for my book on podcasts, and I I'm very comfortable with that behind a microphone. It's just it's this is these are questions that you feel should be simple to answer, but end up being very difficult. You know, you're absolutely right. It is very difficult to, uh, you know, wrap it up in something that's a, a neat little package because, well, in your mind, you have all this important stuff about your book, but you, you're you like, well, do I want to say that? Or what should I say? Or What you should really do is this. And this is the truth. Like, 
sit down at your computer or just with some paper and write out a paragraph, okay? Mm -hmm. Or write out 10 paragraphs and then circle the key things out of those paragraphs and make one paragraph. Then give it to somebody that you like work with, but you like kind of despise that you're kind of like, you know, I like, I like Chuck, but Chuck's a little weird. And I, I don't, I don't want to hang out with Chuck, but give it to them and say, can you read this for me, man? I, I just want to, um, you know, find out if it, it, it makes it seem interesting. And then Chuck, Chuck is like a little, you know, a lurker, you know, so he like takes it over in the corner and he sits down and he looks at it and he reads through it. And then he comes out and he goes, you know what, man, I like this. Can I get a copy of this book? And, and then that's you go, when you no, know. Chuck, because you suck, man. And then you exactly. just walk away. <laughs> Boom, exactly. Chuck, you suck. Exactly. Oh, and man, Chuck then the Chuck, worst. I know. Then Chuck is the worst. But then Chuck kills your family, but, you know. Whoa. <laughs> take, hey, take, hey, hey, hey. Take it take down Chuck, a notch, Just bring Paul. it down, Chuck. Yeah, just take, bring it down. Take it down a notch there. <laughs> so you want to hear something very, very weird. Um, I, I always want to hear something absolutely. very, very weird. So I'm kind of getting to the tail end of what I know so far to be the initial promotional uh, or media blitz for the life engineer. Like I don't, I don't okay. have a book tour. Like I'm not a big deal enough for that kind of stuff. But like I've had some of uh, most of the interviews I had scheduled are pretty much behind me. And the weird thing is that now I'm very split personality about how to feel about it. On one hand, I am super glad because I can go back to concentrating on writing the sequel for Life Engineered. And he and, and I'll, I'll talk in a few moments about the chronology behind that because I sat down and looked at it and it's messed up, yo. But on the other hand, there is this kind of momentum. There's this, 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 this velocity that you get in your mind as far as how the, the, the your interaction with your with your readers and with the media is that is a bit addictive and while you may not enjoy the attention you enjoy the fact that it's it's there you know what i mean like people yeah, are, are people are talking about the book people are asking questions and when you get to the end of that initial blitz, there's, it feels like there's this void, this absence, because now, okay, now who's going to talk about the book? So what you're really trying to say is you're addicted. No. You, what I'm, you, hey, what I'm you're, saying, you're having withdrawal, man. Withdrawal symptoms. What I'm, what I'm saying is that <laughs> there, is, there is this weird dichotomy between being super glad that it's kind of winding down and being a bit afraid that the wind down means that somehow people are going to stop talking about your book, which strangely enough, like if I actually take a step back and look at the actual background noise about the book, reviews aren't piling in as fast as they were because most of the people that have already read it, reviewed it, and the people that are going to potentially review it are still reading it. So there's, there's going to be more reviews. I'm fine with that. But it still feels like there, there was a, it feels like, I, I, you know, when you've been to a party, and there's a lot of noise and you go, all right, screw this. And you walk out and it feels too quiet. Even if you're like walking out in the middle of downtown, yep. it's a bunch of cars. There's supposed to be a lot of noise, but it feels quiet because of the yep. contrast. That's it. That's the feeling. 
good good description. <laughs> so let, let me close down. We're already at an hour fifteen minutes. I don't want to draw this chance on too long. I am I have been sick what? of talking about myself for an hour now, but I want to talk about the chronology of what I have coming up because some of it okay. is relevant maybe to listeners. So Life Engineered has funded. It won the contest. It was in way more than it was supposed to. And then there was a huge chunk of months of product development, marketing, edition. They went to print, signed copies. It was sent to, you know, galley copies were sent, pre-order copies were sent, release date happened. We had a party a couple of days ago. Now I am at a point where the book is just mostly me reacting to what's going to happen. So I need to work on other things. So here's what my plan is so far. Let's remember, very few plans survive engagement with the enemy. So this is prone to change. But that's what I'm looking at. So this would be good to come back and listen to in like six months or a year. Yeah, and see how freaking off the rails it went. So right now, I'm, not unlike this podcast, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so right now, my plan is I am about eighty percent done with Arc Android, the sequel to the Life Engineer. This is the first draft. I want to finish writing this first draft, set it aside, so that it can sort of rest and ferment while I work on something else. I'm also about fifty percent done with another book that is. It's only it's, I've got a working title for it, but it is a work a book I'm working on for the Ed Greenwood group, and it's basically steampunk with some uh, some werewolves thrown in. It's a fun book. I want to finish my initial manuscript for that, so I can put that one to dormancy, and then go back to doing a reread and rewrite of my first draft of Life and of the of Arc Android, so I can send to better readers. My plan is that right now, currently. I am, for those who might not know, I already have another book funding on Inkshares. It is missing, I think, 275 pre-orders to get full publication, which is what I'm aiming for. And I will be starting now, since I'm not necessarily pushing actively to promote Life Engineered, I'm going to be switching that energy to actively promoting pre-orders for A God in the Shed. So that's going to be my project. Now, for those asking, yeah, but what about the sequel? Well, I'm not going to tr start funding a sequel until I'm done funding A God in the Shed and until I have a palatable first draft that I can start, start using to do the promotion. So the way it looks right now, I'm probably going to need another month to finish my draft. Or what I'm giving myself is until Gondashed is funded in about two months, that's when I want to be done with my first draft of Arc Android. Then there's going to be probably another two months where I'm going to keep things a bit quiet so I'm not just going from one pre-sale to another. I'm going to keep that a bit quiet and finish doing the rewrite for Arc Android. And then I am going to start the campaign for the sequel to The Life Engineered in what it will be roughly four months. So anybody that's waiting for that, four that's months. The so that's, that's so we're looking at July August. No, what month is this? July. July. Right. 
So probably in July, I will be launching the campaign for the sequel to The Life Engineer. And hopefully I can get that thing funded as quickly as possible so that campaigning is not the sole focus of what I'm trying to do with that book. Like I want to slowly merge, move my efforts from campaigning toward writing and you know, editing and making sure the product is as good as possible. So the first challenge is getting a garden to shed um, funded. If that happens, I'm going to feel very confident that I can get a sequel to Life Engineered funded. And then it's just going to be books on ink shares like that. Keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't think you need to keep your fingers crossed, man. I can, I can, I can see that, uh, God in the Shed will probably get funded. I, I think fully funded. Two seventy five um, copies, man. It's, it's a lot. 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 But somebody wrote a review, you know, pushing it at the end of their review. Ooh. Someone who's on this podcast. Ah, that's not you. I know. I, I don't remember that doing me. that. That would be me. At the end of my review for The Life Engineers, I, I, I said something along the lines like, you know what? And now the God, the God, or a God in the Shed is ready, or not ready, but is funding. And I am definitely backing it. Are you? Are yeah, you, the, JF? Of course I, you are. Yeah, yeah kind of. Actually, you can't. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Like, so in, in closing, the launch. This episode very much should give you an idea of what to expect and mostly what is going to surprise you as opposed to what you expect when launching a book through InkShares, when launching your first uh, crowdfunded publishing book. And it's, 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 it's kind of sucks to say you can try to take my experience as an example, but there's a good chance that whatever you're going to go through, and that means you, Paul, is yes. going to be kind of unique to you. But it is not going to be a very simple regimented on this date, this happens. I mean, you can talk to Derek about when he learned that he the digital version of uh, Asteroid Made Out of Dragon was made available. It's one morning you wake up and you're doing your normal thing, having your coffee, coffee and checking out the internet. Next thing you know, you're getting an email from Inkshare saying, hey, by the way, you might want to tell your readers that you're, they're going to have access to digital copies in two hours. Yeah. And, Boom. That was suddenly, probably exciting. All of a sudden you're like, huh, wh what? <laughs> exactly. Like suddenly you stop everything you do and you're writing an update because you don't want, you don't want the Inkshare's email to hit them too soon before you're the one telling them. So it's, right. it's, it's very, it's very hectic and a lot of fun. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people, a lot of you guys get to enjoy it the same way I did because it's as intimidating as some of it was, the experience overall is extremely enriching. Uh, you know what, too? Um, those of you that are out there, and uh, there are many, we have many listeners who are, are Quill. I'm sure that you'll be going through very similar things, although, you know, we Quill is relatively new, and, and no book has published yet on Quill, uh, has finished the process yet. So we'll we'll see what that's like maybe uh who is the first person the monkey business i don't remember mm -hmm. who wrote monkey business um, but anyway name, maybe, so. maybe we'll get him on the show or something to i think that would be a brilliant idea i think that'd be a great idea too to um once his book is getting uh, pretty much ready to launch uh to kind of discuss 
those things with our listeners. I think that that would be great. And I did have a question for you, but it's kind of sport spoilery, so I will wait until we are offline because maybe not everyone has read The Life Engineer yet. If you haven't, read tell, it. Tell it's what, fantastic. What, here's what we're going to do because your question might be relevant to people who have read The Life Engineer. Let's, okay. let's well, this is it. actually someone else's question. To, you know, let I'm, me. Uh, I'm cool about it. So, full, full disclosure. So so. Here's what we're going to do. Paul, you're going to tell me where people can find you on the internet. I'm okay. going to give my own spiel. We're going to give the show a soft close, and then you can ask me your question. We'll record it. But anybody that does not want to hear about it, as soon as we're done giving our spiel and telling you about our Twitter accounts and all that stupid stuff, stop listening <laughs> because it's going to be spoiler time. Paul, internet, where can people find you? Well, I, we, let's start with we because there is a, a we now. Um, on Twitter, we have a Twitter for Right Brain. I, I created one while you were on your, on your. Um, I saw your, that. I was I was boat. shocked when I saw that. It's like I don't remember making that. How <laughs> drunk like, am I? <laughs> You're like too much wine and cookies. No, <laughs> there's only one so, way to solve this: more wine and cookies. Exactly. So yeah. So we have exactly. a Twitter account. That's that's true. It's pretty cool. Good so job. you can um tweet us any questions or anything like that that you might have because i'll be honest with you when we were when we were having technical issues in the google hangout uh craig was asking me some really good questions and becky too um so i know that there are questions out there that that need answering so tweet us at right brain underscore that is right as in writing your name w-r-i-t-e brain b-r-a-i-n underscore so that's our, our Twitter handle. Um, follow us there if you don't already. We actually have a pretty um, modest amount of followers for only having the, the uh, Twitter for like a week. So, um, yeah. And my personal one is at Paul Inman, S-C, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. And uh, you can go to my website also, paulinmansc.com, and check out everything that I do there with links to my Inkshares page. Or just go to Inkshares and... Um, Check out uh, Search Ageless or Paul Inman, and you will um, check that out. And you can even actually see my other book that I've been funding for a while that is not doing so hot, but I haven't been pushing it. So, hey, cut me some slack, all right? Um, uh, I can't even think of the name of it. Motor City Chronicles. Wow. I think I did take your drunk, JF. Um, Motor City Chronicles, book one, Transgressions. Yes, JF, where can we find all about the world of JF and possibly in the future, more about the, the world of um, Dagir from The Life Engineer. All right, so here, here's where you can find me. On, uh, on, on, on Twitter, you can go to at JFDubo, that's J-F-D-U-B-E-A-U, and uh, I tweet a lot, sometimes dumb things, sometimes fun things, but, you know, pick and choose. Uh, you can also find <laughs> more information about me on my website, that's at jfdubo.com. If you go to jfdubo.com slash books and scroll down to the bottom, you can sign up to my mailing list, which I'm trying to grow as much as possible because cool. I was told to do that by someone way smarter than I and saying that this is a good way to contact your people. Otherwise, you can go into Inkshares and look for A God in the Shed and pre-order that. I mean, you already know about Life Engineered, but if you don't know about A God in the Shed, it's a little uh, fantasy horror book that I wrote. It's a part Stand By Me, part Call of Cthulhu with a little bit of Harry Potter sprinkled in. A lot of people are telling me that it's a... I mean, people that love The Life Engineered are telling me that they're even more eager to read that one. So I've, I've, that's very encouraging to me that it should get funded. Get I'm eager on to it. read it. 
I'm eager to read it. I like that one. Uh, I'm really excited for it. That's why you've got to get 275 more, JF. I know. I've got to. I will be beating people up to, uh, asking politely for people to find the chat. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening. Anybody that does not want to hear spoilers, in for you know, stop listening because now uh, Paul's going to ask me questions that he says are spoilery. I don't know what they are. So, and, uh, but I will be answering them. So, uh, I'll, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. JF, you ready? Yeah. This is actually from your, um, life engineer discussion group. Jen Pruitt posted this today. Mm. Jen Pruitt. I don't, I don't know who that is, but Jen Pruitt says, I I know who that is. I I know who Jen is and she's super cool. She's, one of these extremely encouraging people, and I, I can't believe I didn't see that question pass on my own. Well, um, so she wrote, finished, and I have questions. And so then she wrote, spoilery, so I'll put it in the comments. So I, I immediately went to the comments because I wanted to read the question. And she asked really good questions, and I really want to know these answers too. So Hit is, me, and I, I, is, I will make sure to make, I will make sure that Jen <laughs> listens to this episode so that she can get the, uh, the, 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 the answers to her, to her question. Okay. It says, is Dagir the main, by the way, am I saying it correctly or pretty much correctly? Dagir? Yeah, it's basically the, the, the proper Dagger? spelling is D-A-G-R. The I is added for better reading because she's a main character. Um, oh. So it's Dagir. Dagir. Yes. Dagir, sorry. Is Dagir the main character because she happened to achieve Nirvana at the crucial time? Or... Did the Gaia pull her out early because she saw that Dajir had the personality to get things done? Ooh, that is... This is a great question. That's why, as soon as I read it, I was like, holy crap, that's a fantastic question. Um, mm, it is... Uh, it's a bit of both. Basically, the thing is, every, every Gaia is dealing with rough, uh, over a few billion um personalities at the same time because they're running they're they're running this huge simulation and it's not it's not like in say the matrix where only a few people are the ones or whatever like you don't have that kind of dichotomy everybody every personality in a nursery has the potential to be to 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 reach what's called nirvana which is basically a state where a um where, where personality is sufficiently refined to be pulled out of nursery and put into a, a, Quebec, a Quebec body. So, but because there's, there's just so many of these personalities to choose from, uh, Igdrizel picked the, she picked the person, the personality that was closest to what she needed at the time. And, the thing is, it's not it's not like Nirvana is a state of mind that you reach and like being you hit that moment and suddenly everything changes. It's 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 kind of a spectrum, if you will. So she picked someone that was as close as possible. Now the question whether certain Gaia's are stricter about who they pick and some might be looser about who they pick is a bit fluid. Each Gaia has its own personality, so some of them might interpret things differently. Um, so, but it's it, it, Dajir, as opposed to Orvindel, wasn't picked out of nursery flawed. She, she, she is much more functional, closer to what a, uh, I would say, a, 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 an ideal Chepek should be. 
but she was chosen specifically because she has that kind of personality where she is curious enough to try to find answers and also caring enough that she does not like she she doesn't will not ignore another creature in need that's a good answer man i uh i think that that's a great question and you know i actually in the I love that in question. the moment when you the i can't i can't pronounce his name ev ev Evan, what is it? What is it? The the uh, quote unquote villain, uh, Orvindel. Orvindel, yes. The, so, the morning star. Yes, yes. Um, when we first found out that uh, there was a malfunction because of coming out too early of the, uh, I the mean, nursery. Uh, being born too. Yeah, nursery. Thank you. I was I was blanking out. Uh, being born too early. I was very, I, I, I got that question right in my mind immediately. I was like, hmm, I wonder. And then as I moved on through the book, that kind of slipped to the back of my mind. And I kind of forgot that that's, that's one thing that I was wondering. But, I mean, potentially there's a lot that you could do with that. So I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to know more than what you just said. But I do, <laughs> but I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? No, so, I know exactly what you mean. This is the kind of thing that's uh it's a hard thing to I do as a writer. Reading books is yeah. when, when you want to know more because you want the curiosity to be satisfied, but at the same time, you don't want the surprises to be ruined. Like this, this That's kind right. of balance is the best. That's right. So um, that, that was it. I mean, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. And uh, we will be getting back onto our normal schedule. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully we will. I, I see no reason not to. So uh, and I, I, guess we'll and see I you apologize again. for nah, what no I did worries to our schedule. <laughs> no worries. This is this is what it is. So um, yeah, definitely come back um, in about a week and check out another episode of Right Brain, which we're getting close close to the twenties, JF. Close to the twenties. The uh, that, is, that is terrifying. Late teens here. Late teens. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. Mm-hmm.